Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. I had intended yesterday to read a lot of your bold predictions that many of you shared with me about Georgia for the upcoming season. We did not get through quite as many of those as we hoped. We had kind of crammed a lot of stuff into yesterday's show, I guess. So today, my hope is to kind of give you a lot more, and admittedly, we have to kind of operate a little bit of a quicker pace than we maybe did yesterday, but we'll deal with that here coming up in a moment. That's going to be really fun. Also, Another reminder about a great giveaway we have going on with Dog Nation right now. We'll tell you about that here coming up in a moment. I've got my final bold prediction for Georgia for the upcoming season. I'll share that with you momentarily. But prior to that, I want to kind of lead into this this way. You know, Kirby Smart a couple of times this summer. I know he did this when he was on the Atlanta radio station, 680 The Fan, the other day. And I guess most recently, maybe on the Paul Feinbaum show the other day, has used what I think that some might say is sort of an interesting description to talk about the national championship that Georgia won in 2022. Now, I think we kind of understand why Kirby's doing this. But nonetheless, I do think it sets us up for something kind of interesting here because Smart was talking the other day. And, you know, I guess no huge surprise here. You're on the Paul Feinbaum show. Paul finds a way to make it all about Nick Saban so he's asking Kirby Smart about learning from Nick Saban and being around Nick Saban and this and that and Kirby obviously used that as a moment to kind of talk about his own team now he's also complimentary of his former boss there when he was on the fine bomb show the other day but nonetheless Kirby kind of talked about hey what he learned on all those Alabama teams some of which that had a chance to win national championships and didn't and how he takes that with him to Georgia right now and he uses a pretty interesting word to kind of sum up what Georgia's season last year could have been at least from one perspective here this is kind of interesting this is Kirby Smart on a wide ranging uh, I guess array of topics here as it relates to his time working with Nick Saban from the Paul Feinbaum show a few days ago take a listen to Kirby here I think you learn lessons I mean we won back to back and winning back to back was extremely hard then it's extremely hard now and then as you start to go on a third a journey for third the pressure just tends to build and we had we had good enough teams all those years to win it but sometimes it takes a little luck I mean we got lucky against Ohio State. We got lucky against Missouri in a game we didn't play well. So it takes, in the SEC, it takes a little luck, and and you have to have that. I mean, let's be honest here for a moment, right? It's probably at least a little bit surprising that Kirby Smart describes Georgia as lucky last year versus Ohio State, lucky last year versus Missouri. If we're completely honest, that sounds like the kind of thing that a whiny Buckeye fan might say on a message board, more so than what Kirby Smart would say on the Paul Weinbaum show. That, that that kind of comes across as maybe not quite the way in which Georgia fans want to think of their most recent national championship. Now, we sort of have an idea, I think, of why Kirby Smart's saying this, especially given the fact that he used the word. I mean, anytime Kirby uses the same word or the same phrase more than once, I think you generally speaking should probably assume that there is a message that's trying to be driven home here and smart's use of the word luck or the, or speaking about the idea of luck with these national championship conversations over the course of this summer i think that's probably meant to be a little bit of a message to his team about not getting complacent during the upcoming season and it seems like with every national championship the pushback against complacency probably gets a little tougher and a little tougher and a little tougher that jake Fromm had some really interesting things to say about that on yesterday's show and hopefully you get a chance to hear uh that yesterday with jake Fromm talking about that very same thing so i don't get 
too wrapped up in the idea of George. Ah, oh, they are just lucky. Kirby Smart even saying that to his own players. Some of y'all are just lucky. I think it will be interesting. People have the theory, and I know Nolan Smith's kind of done this before, where he's like, hey, we're going to use anything we can. We're going to make up something if we need to in order to have the right level of motivation. I think we'll know that really is very much a part of George's overall repertoire. If at some point in time, some anonymous coach or somebody in an interview somewhere, something like that, says, ah, you know, honestly, what I saw from Georgia last year, they were just lucky. I think if we see this kind of leave Kirby Smart's lips and kind of enter into somebody else's lips where we kind of say, you know, it's one thing for Kirby to say that about his own team. It's another thing for some knucklehead somewhere else in ESPN or something to say that about Georgia. I think we'll have a very interesting idea of, you know, kind of how much Georgia really does use some of this kind of stuff. If eventually we hear somebody else also say this too, but, but nonetheless, I think it kind of stands as a surprising way to describe all this. Now I'll be the first to tell you is that I think that luck plays an actually a pretty big role in football in general. It's a funny shaped ball. It takes funny shaped bounces and how any game plays out. They're oftentimes very difficult to predict, uh, predict. You've heard me say before, college football easy to project not easy to predict in other words you can make a description on paper based on who you think is supposed to win but actually seeing if you can determine who the real winner is going to be college football has sort of a way of surprising and there's an element of luck that kind of creeps into all of this but before the ohio state fans sort of grab hold of this and say see i told you y'all were just lucky a year ago because our kicker missed a field goal here's the thing you gotta understand and deep down i believe that kirby smart does understand this is that missing a field goal is not necessarily just a product of bad luck when the field goal that you missed was 50 yards. In other words, that's not exactly a gimme field goal situation. And some of the coaching decisions that Ryan Day made kind of almost getting a little tight there maybe. You know, it seemed like the collar got a little tight around Ryan Day near the end of that Peach Bowl you know, last year and kind of settling for a 50-yard field goal. At least it sort of looked like to me. So Ohio State fans, before they kind of hang their hat on, oh, it's just bad luck uh, that, that befell us. We, uh, we missed a field goal. Well, maybe uh, if you were as aggressive at the end of the game as you were kind of, you know, earlier on in the game, maybe you would have had a better field goal situation there. So I wouldn't exactly kind of completely attribute that to luck. There was an element of the Missouri game that probably did feel a little lucky. I'm not going to lie to you. There was a large portion of that particular Saturday where it just didn't really feel like it was going to be George's day. And eventually it kind of was. Just sort of pulled that out. But how do you, I guess, combat against luck going the other way this upcoming season? And this is one of the things I think that really made Georgia special a year ago is the fact that the way you keep from luck being a big issue for your team or having bad luck kind of ruin your chance of winning a national championship is you do what Georgia did in every other game last year besides Ohio State, besides Missouri. Frankly, Georgia was so good in most of the games that it played, TCU National Championship, SEC Championship, high-profile regular season game against Tennessee, high-profile regular season game against Oregon. Georgia was so good in almost every game that it played a year ago that even if it had bad luck, bad luck still wouldn't have cost them the game. You could have had a ton of bad luck against Oregon, but in a game that you otherwise won 49-3, to it would have taken a massive truckload's worth of bad luck to maybe even make that game close. Tennessee game, much to the chagrin of Vols fans, that game could have been as bad as Georgia wanted to be that day. You could have given Tennessee some good luck, and it still wouldn't have made a difference in the overall result of the game because Georgia was that much better. LSU, TCU, all that's the same kind of stuff. Which kind of leads me to, I guess, the point that I wanted to make to kind of close out our week. I've given you two bold predictions for Georgia already this week. A defensive prediction. I believe that Georgia will be in excess of 40 sacks again this season, resembling what it did in 2021 when it had 49. And I believe that Brock Bowers is going to be a Heisman finalist this year as he becomes the program's second ever thousand yard pass catcher in a single season. 
all of this leads to the big prediction, the one that I think everybody deep down thinks is certainly a possibility. In fact, so many people think it's a possibility that it, you're left to wonder how bold it really is. But when you give the historical significance of this, the fact that Kirby Smart said in his own words a minute ago that a lot of great teams have tried to do what Jordan can try to do this year, and in a single season, they've just come up short. So certainly nothing is given, nothing is guaranteed. But my final bold prediction to close out my vacation week before I'm live with you back again next Monday or on Monday is to tell you that I do believe that Georgia will go for three in 23. I believe this team is going to win every game it plays in 2023. I believe it's going to win its third straight national championship. And that's going to be, I believe, the most amazing run that any team's ever been on in college football history. And as remarkable as that sounds, I believe it checks out. I believe that it is true that Georgia will be well on its way to putting together a string of dominance unlike anything the sport has ever seen. And I believe it's going to happen. And for me, a lot of this argument kind of relates to kind of where Georgia is here right now, clearly very good. But some of this also kind of relates to what we saw a year ago, that if a team had been better, they could have taken advantage of some occasional bad luck from Georgia, or they could have made Georgia, you know, sweat it out more in games in which George was otherwise winning comfortably. But the fact of the matter is, a year ago, there just wasn't really anybody that for a full season played on George's level. And this particular year, I think the easiest case to make for why Georgia will do this is because there is no obvious threat standing in George's way. You know, the typical nemesis here in the SEC, Alabama, we've documented this a lot over the course of the offseason. It's not even obvious that Alabama will be a part of this conversation this year. Based on what you saw from Tennessee this past season in the game they thought was going to be their crowning achievement, the fact of the matter is they proved themselves unready for prime time. And there's very little for, to make me think that this year is going to be any different. Ohio State gave Georgia the fight of its life during the Peach Bowl. You at least give them credit for that. But frankly, Ohio State, it's not even obvious they'll emerge out of the Big Ten given the fact they've lost to Michigan two years in a row. So when you look at what could prevent Georgia from winning this national championship this year, there is no obvious foe standing in the way to say, well, you got to somehow figure out a way to get through or around this particular team. That current team just doesn't exist, that Georgia really is on a plane sort of by itself right now. And with that as seemingly true as it is, or seeming as true to be as it appears to be, then I think you're left to conclude that Georgia will go for three in 23 we believe it's going to happen that's our bold prediction now some of you also had a great uh, collection of bold predictions for us there as well and i told you we'd share more of those with you here today so what do you say we introduce the show and then we'll get ready to do just that my name's brandon adams and this is dog nation daily the daily podcast for georgia bulldogs fans presented by kroger and one more time here on this particular vacation week uh coming to you in a kind of a pre-recorded fashion but happy to have you checking in Looking forward Monday to being back to our first and 15, 945, dognation.com, dognation app. Of course, all video platforms every single day at 10 a.m. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Radio Noon, Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref, podcasts, wherever you find them, Apple, Spotify, worldfamousdognation.com. So many fun ways to have you check in with us. We just appreciate you doing that. Big thanks to our friends at Kroger for making it all possible there as well. And also a big thanks to our friends for Kroger who are so great about allowing us to save money at Kroger. We're shopping each and every week, including using some of those really cool digital coupons to be able to do that there as well. In fact, you can go online, go digital and save big time at Kroger right now. So go to the Kroger website, Kroger.com, go to the Kroger app, and then open up your account, get going there and start downloading and saving with some exclusive digital coupons, courtesy of our friend at Kroger. Go to Kroger.com slash sign up for more on that today. Kroger.com slash sign up 
for more on that today. We're going to get Jeff Sintel to close out the week in a moment. Your bold predictions as it relates to Georgia, many more of those on the way here too. But prior to that, speaking of our friends at uh, Kroger, want to give you another update on an ongoing giveaway contest we have at Dog Nation right now. Kroger Traeger Grills partnering together on what is really an amazing thing here. We're celebrating American heroes. And when I say American heroes, you think about George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. Obviously, there's certainly a place for all of that. But I'm talking right now about those average, everyday American heroes who are going above and beyond to make our lives better, who've been a part of our past. And we just want to celebrate and honor them. In fact, when you do that, when you tell your story at dognation.com by either uploading a photo or sharing a short video, it could get you very close to being selected to be a winner courtesy of Kroger and Trigger Grills because between now and June 17th, you can go online to dognation.com and tell your story. As I said before, you can upload a photo, upload a short video, and someone who does that is going to be selected, and then you're going to be a winner courtesy of Kroger and Trigger Grills. In fact, you're going to get the Traeger Ironwood XL Grill. You're going to get a $500 gift card there as well, courtesy of Kroger. This started uh, yesterday on June 1st. The uh, uh, opportunity to enter runs all the way through June 17th. You go to dognation.com. You get more details about all of this. But the important thing is right there, top of the page, dognation.com. Click into that. That's your chance to enter to win. Tell your story about an American hero in your life and your photo, your video, will be uh, what kind of gets you in there for your chance to be uh, selected here coming up pretty soon here. So that's going to be a great, great giveaway, courtesy of Kroger Trigger Grills. Make sure you check that out online at dognation.com today. All right, before we get Jeff Sintel coming up here for a fun conversation, let's go around the doghouse. And it's served up today by our friends at the Finnish Long Drink. Now, I am going to try to have a little bit better pace than I had the yesterday when we kind of started sharing some of these bold predictions that many of you had. And the purpose of all this is, is to kind of bring you in on a conversation that's been ongoing this week. We've heard from Jeff Sintel on this. We've heard from Mike Griffith on this. I've shared you three of mine. Uh, Connor Riley kind of set the stage for us last week by giving some of his. And we wanted you to have your moment there as well. So what do you say we roll through these? I'll comment on a couple of these here and there. But I want to give you a little bit of a snapshot about how Georgia fans are feeling about this upcoming season and the individual players they think that could shine here. So let's see the first collection of these. Milton Skelton writes in to say for the second year in a row, a Georgia player will be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. We're getting a lot of that. I don't know if that's a Brock Bowers or somebody else, but Milton's kind of in on that for now. Wesley says, this is Wesley Owens, UGA wins the national championship after beating LSU, Bama, and Florida State in three straight games. Boy, wouldn't that be fun? So he's got, I guess, a Bama team making the playoff as an at-large and a Florida State national championship. Wesley, that's really fun. Kathy Weinhardt says, Malachi Starks is going to win the Jim Thorpe Award and have two pick sixes on the year including one against those lousy, stinking Gators. Kathy, I love that. That's a lot of fun. Casey Jones, speaking of the lousy, stinking Gators, says that Georgia is going to be the one to end Florida's shutout streak. Almost did that in 2017, a streak that dates back to 1987. That's how long it's been since Florida's been shut out in a game. This could be the year that it happens, Casey. Boy, that's a lot of fun. Abernish says, my bold prediction is that UGA fans, even the Stetson haters, will finally appreciate the job Stetson Bennett did for us the last two years. He says, not saying it's, you know, Carson Beck's going to be bad, just that it, you're going to find out that it's not as easy as Stetson Bennett made, the, made it look. And I do think, Abernish, there's an extent to which that kind of is true, that sometimes people have a tendency to assume that Georgia can just pick right back up at the quarterback spot. 
where it was uh, in in the past, and frankly, that's not always you know quite as easy to do. Certainly, Stetson Bennett, a historic figure in Georgia football annals, and I think that's probably true. Lynn uh, Vitri says uh, we get the three peat, but we don't go undefeated. So there you go with Lynn, kind of maybe thinking about some of the luck stuff that Kirby Smart was talking about before. Yo Yo Thirty Four says I predict this will be the best defense based on points per game that Kirby Smart has had at UGA up to this point yo yo i like that andy stowe says dan lanning leads the ducks to the playoffs and gets destroyed by kirby smart and the dogs in the first round well that's kind of a nice season for dan lanning if he can go to the playoff but obviously to run into georgia again i'm sure he's not looking too much forward to that a dog in nashville says how about a 2023 pete obviously feeling good about that Uh, keith pitts also thinks he's got a three peak coming for these dogs i like that uh, uh Fizzin D checks in to say undefeated three Pete. He said, I'll go even bolder than that. Carson Beck's a Heisman finalist. Branson Robinson gets a thousand yards rushing. So really good stuff there. Let me do one more page on this. At that point in time, we'll kind of move on with the uh, next thing here. We'll share some more of these here at a different time. One more page here. David Fox writes in to say, Georgia gets at least two night games. <laughs> at home from either south carolina kentucky or Ole miss that may be the boldest prediction of all just given the dearth of night games we've had here around lately james lawson checks in to say that georgia versus Ole miss how about this top 10 matchup in game day will be in attendance if that turns out to be true maybe not unexpected from a georgia side but maybe much better than Ole miss is expected to be given the tough schedule that Ole miss will play prior to that so pretty bold statement there by james uh what up dan uh crazy for swayze checks in to say that georgia's gonna score 80 plus touchdowns in the regular season wow uh impressive there elite dog nation says georgia's gonna have two thousand yard receivers brock bowers and dominic love and they're also gonna have a thousand yard rusher in kendall milton so steven very bullish in the georgia offense right now chris black calling for a three-peat michael dyke says go for three and 23 which is obviously the preferred method around here of predicting for a national championship Raphael mayberry predicts uh brock bowers in new york for the heisman trophy uh Adam Thornton says that Lad McConkey has a thousand yard season. Trey Drowney says that George is going to have record breaking sack numbers, even better than the 2021 defense. That means you're going north of 50 on the upcoming season if Trey's prediction comes right on that. Uh, Eddie Garrett, we can maybe can put Eddie Garrett on the other side of James Lawson here. Eddie thinks that Tulane is going to beat Ole Miss by a larger margin than Georgia does. So Eddie not quite as high on the Rebels this year as James Lawson was a little earlier. Ed Odom says, my prediction is that everybody will remember exactly why Mike Bobo was gone for a few years and nobody missed him. I hope I'm dead wrong. I really do. So Ed not too bullish on Mike Bobo. We'll see how that plays out. I think the Georgia fans are starting to come around on Bobo here. But we'll see if that's the case. Scott Vicker says Michigan goes undefeated in the regular season and makes it to a national championship only to get thumped by the dogs. You're going to go 15-0. Ohio State gets left out of the playoff. Florida State wins the ACC, makes the playoff for the first time. Actually, they did make the playoff back in 2014, so it would be their second. And then USC wins the Pac-12 and makes the playoff. So Scott gives you a full picture of the college football playoff, which is one of the reasons why we love taking these bold predictions from UGA fans so many detailed ideas about exactly how this season is going to go so we have many more to share with you we'll kind of do that on some other shows here to give folks their chance to have their voice heard but that's a lot of fun here right now as we're around the doghouse served up by the finished long drink and speaking of the finished long drink obviously i'm enjoying a little bit of vacation here today and this week and of course you can make it a vacation anytime you want when it comes to the great tasting ready to drink cocktail known as the finished long drink it comes in a can so it looks like a beer but it's not 
It is a ready-to-drink cocktail. It's a mixed drink right there in a can. You can pop the top, you can pour it in a glass, or you can just you know drink it straight out of the can, and you will enjoy it. It's, you can get the long drink cranberry, which is obviously cranberry flavored, the long drink strong, 8.5%, alcohol by volume, long drink zero, that's no carbs, no sugar, long drink traditional, that's a blue can, the uh, gin kick, the citrus flavor from the grapefruit, just really good. I love it. If you're at the pool, if you're at the golf course, whatever you're doing this time of year, back patio, front porch, whatever else, the finished long drink goes great with it all. You can even get one of those A-can variety packs and enjoy two different cans of each of the four different finished long drink varieties. So please go to thelongdrink.com and find out where you can pick up some today because it's pretty much available wherever you are now. And so many of our folks have tried it. They love it. And we've heard from them all. And so we want to hear from you too. So enjoy yourself some finished long drink here this summer and then hit us up and tell, you, tell us how great it tasted for you. So go to thelongdrink.com for more on that. All right, we're going to close out our week here in a moment by giving you the final series of bold predictions for each SEC team. We've been doing that all week long. That has been a lot of fun. But for now, I'm going to give somebody a chance to react to the bold predictions that I've shared. What about Brock Bowers? What about uh, this Georgia defense here this year? And how about the idea of boom, go for three in 23 let's talk to jeff Sintel about all that right now here on dog nation daily presented by kroger glad to have him and all of you with us here today from athens and across the sec or wherever the recruiting trail may lead here's a DogNation.com insider so back on wednesday jeff Sintel and i had a great chance to discuss some of his bold predictions involving the georgia bulldogs the upcoming season that's been a fun theme for us during this vacation week for us here this year and so i thought it was appropriate if jeff's going to give me his i would give him mine now many of you have been hearing me share these throughout the week here on dog nation daily presented by kroger and you know getting a chance to get some feedback from jeff on this i think uh can be really fun here so jeff thanks for coming back this is your normal spot here on a friday and of course we normally discuss uga recruiting during this time and goodness knows there is so much going on as it relates to that we'll let people know that as i've been away and you know, not here live, reacting in the moment with all the official visits that have been going on and all the stuff that's happening. Whatever is needed when it comes to Georgia recruiting, you're, of course, going to be live throughout the week, popping on during the weekend and doing things like that. But even though I can't be here in my normal spot covering this stuff the way we always do, certainly if need be, we'll be live on video. And I know you'll be a big part of that here as the month of official visits and, you know, big time seismic recruiting events that we've been promised we're kind of in the midst of that playing out here right now and jeff i just want to say thank you so much for your willingness to kind of take it wherever it goes when it comes to something like this hey man it is i mean listen we there's sometimes you just got to get away um lord knows i don't make the best timing to take my trips in in july when georgia gets like umpteen thousand commitments in july but that's what i that's the best thing for me or best thing for you when you got your family i'm glad you can get away We'll hold the fort down for you. The news will keep pumping no matter what we decide to do or where we're at. And we'll try to cover it as best we can without the chortles that'll come, Brandon. I think this might be a – we're on the prediction business. Maybe this is a good segue for you. I'm going to predict about three or four more chortles for you this summer. I like it. Recruiting wins for Georgia. I like that a lot. That's a lot, to, a lot of fun to think about. So something else that's a lot of fun, we've been doing bold predictions. You gave us some great ones on Wednesday. Mike Griffith had some great ones on Tuesday. We've heard from some UGA fans on some of those there as well it's been a uh, fun time on that and i've been also throughout the week here sharing my own bold predictions and i want to give you a chance to kind of react to what i'm putting out there and hopefully just kind of using this as kind of a springboard for a fun conversation to kind of close out what i think has been a good week for us here on dog nation daily presented by croker let me start with my first one here 
uh, and I'll kind of work my way up to what's a, a bolder prediction. Not quite so bold is I do believe that Georgia tight end Brock Bowers is going to eclipse a thousand yards receiving here this year. My bolder prediction as it relates to Bowers is is that I do believe Jeff that Bowers is going to be a Heisman finalist this season. Kind of unheard of for a tight end to do that prior to last year. Maybe somewhat unheard of for a Georgia player even to become a Heisman finalist. We've only seen one Stetson Bennett last season since Garrison Hurst was a Heisman finalist in 1992. But I think that the uh, landscape kind of worked itself out here. We've seen unorthodox Heisman finalists a little bit the last couple of years. Selecting Bennett a year ago sort of gives you an indication that on the part of the Heisman voters, there's a little bit of a willingness to kind of want to find a Georgia player to honor with this particular distinction. And I think that Brock Bauer is going to cap off a historic Georgia career by being in New York City at the end of this season. What do you think about that, Jeff, as a bold prediction for the upcoming campaign? Yeah, I like that. Um kind of funny the only thing that might make georgia fans call that a little bit sweeter is if georgia had his quarterback and bowers there at the same time but we know that's very hard to do with pollsters and biases and things like that just the historical nature of it all and you know the one thing i think that it helps for a heisman year for an unorthodox position like a tight end brandon is i think it's helped that he has had two or three stage setter years or at least two stage setter years everybody knows who he is he didn't, he didn't flash in the pan. One of the things you hear a lot of NFL draft guys tell me when I'm out and about or around is some of the NFL draft scouts I know, they say that the big sophomore year is really essential to be seen and evaluated then fully by the big guys during your junior year. And I think that's going to help Brock a lot. I think it's positional versatility. Maybe Georgia might do. Some of those things Kirby Smart tried to poison the well with was saying they gave him some running back touches. So he might get some different looks. We all know he could do it on the jet sweep. He's had the big games. He's got the John Mackey Award. He's going to be a future first-rounder. Brandon, I think I'd love to get odds on that, and I'd love to place a bet on that one because I really like that prediction. And I'll say it this way. you know, Part of my reason for saying this is because I still think it's important to categorize just how good Bowers really is. I've said this the entire time he's been in college. I'll reiterate it again. Jeff, I wouldn't trade him for anyone. I wouldn't trade him for Caleb Williams. I wouldn't trade him for Marvin Harrison Jr. I wouldn't trade him for literally fill in the blank with anyone um, it may be debatable as to whether or not he truly is the best player in football, regardless of position. But to me, even those two names I just mentioned a moment ago, I don't see anybody else that I would covet to have on this Georgia roster more so than Brock Bowers. That's how valuable I think he is. And then in addition to that, Jeff, I also think that Kirby Smart has a little bit of a sense of history here. You know, Smart talked about Bowers in an interview the other day. I think that Kirby sort of realizes that this is more than just a really good player on a very talented roster. You know, last year at times, Georgia seemed content not to use him all that much because I think it wanted to kind of maintain a certain sense of uh, uh, morale and more guys could get touches. You know, I think this is one of those years they sort of realize that this is their last time to use Brock Bowers. If they don't use him this year, they'll never be able to use him again. And they may turn him loose for a full season, a little bit more reminiscent of how they turned him loose in last year's national championship game. And that might be why he's propelled to an an additional category to where he's been in the past, just because Georgia might be a little bit more intent to use him than it always has been in the past. You know what, Brandon, what goes through my mind is I, I, I think there's some merit here. You know, everybody says Kirby's always thinking. You know, he throwed up three fingers after the blasting of TCU. Let's remember back to the day after the national championship when Stetson Bennett couldn't have the post-game press conference. Yeah. And Kirby said something along the lines that we, we always got to have Brock in the bullpen, even though he doesn't like it. 
so much or whatever, but he, he gladly and professionally goes about it, the media opportunities and the media responsibilities. I think Kirby was basically just priming him for he's going to have to do a lot of this as, as a junior at Georgia. He's one of those guys you expect to see him at SEC media days. Truly a face of the program that's also – like you said, Brandon, one of the three or four best players in anybody's book in college football. Now, for my next bold prediction, I have to admit this is probably not quite as bold as I wish it was. What I'm trying to get at here on this, Jeff, is is that I think the Georgia defense in 2023 is going to look a lot more like the one from 2021 than it did in 2022, which is obviously not to disrespect the Georgia defense that helped win a national championship and Darnier was perfect you know, so many different times. But I think this year's defense may remind folks of 2021 more so than it does uh, did in 2022. And I guess my way of quantifying that is, is I believe this Georgia defense is going to eclipse 40 sacks again. They had, they had uh, 49 in 2021, most dynamic pass rushing unit, most dynamic kind of havoc wreaking unit of any other time in the Kirby Smart era. And I believe this defense this season is ready to do something similar. Now, I'll admit not being quite as aggressive with the pass rush didn't hurt Georgia as much in 2022 as I thought that it might, although the caveat to that is when they really had to get after Hendon Hooker, they did. Even C.J. Stroud in kind of a shootout game back and forth, they still kind of got after him maybe more than some folks sort of realize. But one way or another, I think the manifestation of this Georgia defense this year is going to be back in the backfield again, back wreaking havoc, back causing problems for quarterback, far more sacks this year than they were in 2022. I believe they go over that 40 number here in 2023. Not the boldest prediction, I'll admit, but that's my second bold prediction for Georgia here this season. I think what I like about your prediction, Brandon, is I think, you know, like let's face it, we've done a lot of shows where we kind of think that you know, we have to hem and haul a little bit, but we think that the 2022 team might have been better than the 2021 team. Well, the one reason we all pause is because of the 2021 defense, because defensively those teams were linearly a lot different. And, you know, you remember the games last year, Brandon, where I believe, I think early on Georgia gave up 22 points to Kent State, I believe, and then the next following week they got gave up 22 to Missouri, and then obviously the end of the year where it didn't get much better without Nolan Smith, where they gave up, 30 to LSU and so many points to uh, obviously to Ohio State and a nail-biter game. But to me, the defense was a little off the Kirby Smart pedigree a little bit um, previous years, although it was still one of the very best in the country, top five in the country, whatever you want to say. But there were so many games in that 2021 defense. But I don't know if we, we can ever really encapsulate how great that 2021 defense is, where I think they went through – Week nine, and they'd only given up 59 points, and that included seven SEC games. Um, the fact that they, they put up so many games, Brandon, where nobody got more than 14 points on Georgia uh, up until, the, up until the, the SEC championship game with Alabama where they went wild a little bit. That's the standard in Athens, and I think the way they get back to that standard putting the pressure on the passer like you said let me tell you what i wish i could have done for a bold prediction but i don't really feel like i had enough information to to say what i wanted to say what i wish i could have done for a bold prediction as it relates to georgia defense is there are x number of future first round picks on this current defense and the reason why i have to say future first round picks is some of these guys are not draft eligible after this season 
but I feel like I would potentially be shortchanging guys I haven't seen yet. For instance, could Jordan Hall be a first-round pick? He certainly could be, but I haven't seen that yet. I'm not going to you know, make that statement until I've seen it. A guy like Mikhail Williams, we talked about on Wednesday, I certainly believe he's on his way to doing that. I think at least one of the linebackers, maybe more likely Smile Mondin, uh, could be a first-round pick. A guy like Malachi Starks, if you're watching a video, you've seen your screen, that's a guy I think could come close to doing that too. You know, I think one of the more, more debatable players heading towards the draft is Javon Bullard, who I believe, based on what he's done, certainly at the end of last season for Georgia, ought to be in the conversation of a guy who could propel himself into that category. But, you know, sometimes it's not always easy for safeties to do that, which is where I think we think that Bullard's going to play this year. In other words, I didn't quite feel like I had enough information to really make the case for the number of future first round picks on this defense marvin jones jr coming back from injury is a guy i'd want to watch pretty closely in that spot here this year so to me that's still a little bit too much of an unknown for me to put a bold prediction next to it and then really sign my name next to it there as well that's sort of the one that i wish i could have gone with but i don't quite feel like i had enough to really do it the way i wanted to yeah that's a good one i love it as you were you were explaining your case there i was going through my mind and i said well there's so many freshmen got to remember, Georgia signed, like, I think six freshmen that were top 60 overall prospects for the defensive side in 2023, and I'm I'm just going to conservatively put my estimate together there that only two of those will make it. And then the rest of the roster, Brennan, I think, they, I think a, a, a pretty conservative number might be seven future first-rounders on that defense. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to hamstring myself, but you see J- Javon Bullard ranks as the number one safety in the country right now in some of those way too early mocks. I think Malachi Starks is clearly a future NFL player, future first-rounder. I think future first-rounder to me seems like somebody between uh, Damon Wilson, who he hadn't played yet, but then Marvin Jones Jr., and then obviously you've got Samuel and Pemba. There's a lot of potential there. Let's just say one of those ends up being a first-rounder. And then I think I think obviously you you got to think about the man in the – the man down low, Michael Williams, who I'm predicting to have double-digit sacks this year. Yeah. Quite easily, you could get this five or six, seven names right there. With the most part, the biggest part of it, Brandon, is there are guys that we think will be first-rounders. That they're also the prototype NFL look for a linebacker. Like Smile Munden's a great example. It's exactly what you want your first-round linebacker to look like, and that kind of different player, but checks a lot of boxes physically, like Quay Walker did. Whereas maybe. Nicobe Dean, brilliant player, he didn't check those boxes physically for what you want your first-round linebacker to look like, even though he had All-American college football hate Hall of Famer-type production. And I think there's just so many guys. I mean, you think about Jamal Jarrett, a big defensive tackle. We're going to wait and see on him. I'm not going to lump in him, him into my estimate. And then even mention Raylan Wilson and C.J. Allen, those, or even Troy Bolt. Those are all three guys that have – you look at it, and it's, you don't feel like you've had – You've been overserved, Brandon, on a on a tailgate game day. Sure. To think that one of those three names, one of those four names, would be an NFL first rounder. No, I think that's probably right. And like, I guess what I'm thinking as you're saying all this is, if I'm remembering correctly, the high water mark for Georgia during the Kirby Smart era, or frankly during any era, is the 2020 defense, right? Because that defense had eight future first round picks on it. If you count, uh, I guess Jermaine Johnson and with the other Georgia guys who were there. So I'd love to be able to tell you that this would be a great hot take, or I should say a great bold prediction. I don't quite feel like I've got enough ammunition to really sign my name next to it. But if you if you were to say 2023 Georgia defense will have at least eight future first-round picks on it, matching what obviously Georgia did in 2020, 
That'd be a great bold prediction. I don't quite feel like I'm there. I mean, I'm certainly not disputing the fact that it could happen, but I don't know that I feel certain enough to really you know, stamp it as my own bold prediction. But if you could get there, that'd be a great bold take. Be a great bold take. You know, you know the other thing is, you know, we didn't even think about Kamari Lasseter. We didn't think about A.J. Harris. We didn't think about Dalen Everett. Dalen Everett, my man, drips NFL first-rounder with everything he looks like. And then Kamari Lasseter's had all the production in the world where if you want to get in the case with – you want to start a, a fun little chat and you want to say – Who's the best corner George has had in recent memory since an Eric Stokes um, or a Tyson Campbell? We've got to remember he went 33rd overall, just missed being a first rounder as well off that 2020 defense. But you got to think Kamari Lasseter might be the best corner Georgia has had um, since those times. And that includes Keeley. That includes Darion Kendrick as well. Some guys that really, really got it done for Georgia. And then my final bowl prediction is this, Jeff. Maybe this goes without saying, but I want to put it you know, out there right now, I believe that Georgia will go for three and 23. I believe it's going to win the national championship again this season. And I'm hesitant to want to say that because here's the other thing I believe. I honestly believe it's going to be hard. I think that the blueprint a year ago could very likely return here this year where you have at least one regular season game where you're challenged and probably one postseason game, either SEC championship or college football playoff, where you're challenged. I think the blueprint from a year ago may replicate itself this year. A tough regular season game, a tough postseason game. But, Jeff, I just don't see a very compelling argument against George doing it. Even if we say transition at quarterback, replacing Stetson Bennett proves to be more difficult than some people give it credit for, and this or that or whatever – I mean, when you look at how Georgia handled its business last year in comparison to the other would-be championship contenders, it's going to take more than just the obvious foreseeable shortcomings to think that Georgia could actually lose when it really matters here this year. Um, I, I don't say this flippantly. I don't say it lightly. Um, I, I, I know the historic significance of winning three straight national championships, but I believe the compelling case right now He's on the side of Georgia doing just that. My bold prediction is that Georgia will go for three in 23. So I want to say something here that maybe if you'd asked me in 2021, I would have probably scoffed at. But so here's my kind of big one, kind of, kind of riffing off what you said there. I usually believe that college football is very hard. Yep. And there are one or two games where you're not at your best. Um, the other guys are geeked up. Missouri, you know, that script from last year, I'm glad you referred to it that way. It's just it's just hard to win. There's like, you'd have an injury. Let's remember how fortunate Georgia has been with injuries at the quarterback position so far in the Kirby Smart era. Large stretches of time where Stetson Bennett started. I mean, you can make the case that Jacob Eason got hurt, but then Jacob, Jake Fromm filled in admirably. And you can make the case that JT Daniels, you know, was hurt as well at Georgia, but they haven't had um, an injury situation that drastically reduced the quality of performer at quarterback or the output at quarterback, let's say. But as much as I want to say that, like it's always so hard to get up for 15 games, 12 games, 13, 14 games in a row. I get all that. That's basically the Old Testament way of looking at college football. But, man, Brandon, there's a lot of things about this football program that Georgia is in right now where it defies that college football history. I think Carson Beck can defy some really good stats thrown out there that you don't get picked in the first round if you only start 15 games in college football. 
because he's been in the Georgia program for so long, practicing against so many future NFL players, that he's had tremendous seasoning even before he steps on the field. And then he catches all those NFL prototypes as well with his size and his arm and everything else and his release. But I look at this Georgia team and I think they're doing things that are kind of defying the physics of college football. What I mean by that is there's almost every position on the Georgia roster outside of maybe Brock Bowers and Michael Williams that they could take a major devastating injury. And the drop-off, to use use a metaphor, to use a comparison here that college football, NCAA college football fans will appreciate, if you lose a a 95-rating player on the field, the guy coming in is probably an 87 or an 88 or an 89. That's how good they are. A lot of these blowouts, Brandon, that are – could go on script this year are going to allow Georgia the fact to play a lot of those young players and give them a lot of reps where probably by the end of the season you might have one of those key freshman starters looking a lot like Malachi Starks did last year when a name you know there's a lot of names you can say whether it be a Damon Wilson or an AJ Harris or a Janelle Aguero or a Raylan Wilson or a CJ Allen or even a Jamal Jarrett or a Jordan Big Baby Hall if you see that name creep into a starting lineup by week five six or seven that's usually going to mean that that is a fantastic player that they just could not keep off the field. And I think a lot of things Georgia can do this year, they have so much depth, they have so much stacked talent, especially at the quarterback position. They have Heisman contenders. They fixed their wide receiver room. They flipped it over with a lot of future first-round type guys on offense. I really think this team is capable of kind of flying in the face of a lot of things that we just never thought could happen in college football. Jeff, I think that's really well said and a fascinating thing to consider here as we head towards the 2023 season. Great stuff from you. And once again, truly, thank you so much for staying on top of everything else that's happening with UGA recruiting. It's such a fun time for Georgia fans following all of that. And I know you'll be ready to break in at a moment's notice when anything happens here over the course of the next few days. I'll also looking forward to talking to you back here live about everything with the 2024 class once I'm back from vacation next week. So enjoy it, Jeff. Hope your summer's getting off to a great start. And we will look forward to talking to you very soon right back here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. Brandon, the one thing I was preparing myself for with your bold predictions were for you to say that our good buddy and great teammate Mike Griffith reverses his stance on Jacksonville. That would, my <laughs> friend, would have been the boldest prediction of 2023. Indeed, that would have been the case, Jeff. That's fun stuff. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Take it easy, man. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Great catching up with Jeff Sintel as we typically do on a Friday. Of course, not recruiting talk as much this time around, but we'll get back to that again next week. And obviously, as George is in the midst of a major recruiting official visit weekend, Jeff will be all over all of that, going live and doing whatever's necessary if big recruiting news breaks. And when I'm back on vacation next week, I'll look forward to talking to all of you about that there as well. For now, though, it's time to go cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. It's time for you to take a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. Choose from all the great variety of cruise options. The three-night sailing, which you go out over a weekend. The four-night sailing, that's what our Dog Nation cruise was. We were on Independence of the Seas. You you sail out on a Monday, you're back on a Friday. You're not really touching either of the two weekends necessarily. It's just a good way for people with busy schedules to experience the best that Royal Caribbean has to offer, at least a taste of the best of what Royal Caribbean has to offer. But if you want the big experience, the full experience, do it like I did back in February. Take that seven-night sailing on an Oasis-class ship. I was on Wonder of the Seas, largest cruise ship in the world, and I took advantage of everything on board. All the beverages, all the food, all the entertainment, all the great beaches, everything. We did all of that. And in January of 2024, it gets even better. The debut of Icon of the Seas there as well. 
which will completely redefine what Royal Caribbean means by a cruise vacation. So contact Jessica Slater, great travel agent. She can help you with all of that. 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. All right, final in a series of conversations we've been having with you this week, looking at bold predictions for each team in the SEC. We've got four left. We're going to run through them all here, starting with the Fighting Tigers of LSU. And here's my bold prediction for LSU in the 2023 season. I believe that LSU will make the college football playoff. And what we've seen in recent years is, and this, by the way, this is the final year of the 14 playoff. So the model that's been in place, this will be the last year of that. We have certainly seen a willingness to put in two SEC teams. But in the past, that has been both Georgia and Alabama, 2017, 2021. Last year, we saw two Big Ten teams make it. This year, I believe that LSU is going to be the second of those two SEC teams, along with Georgia, that makes the college football playoff. My reason for that is, is that I believe that LSU will be poised to win the game at the beginning of the season against Florida State. And I'm not quite so sure there's any game this season that is obviously bigger than what LSU-Florida State can be to kick off the season. You know, last year when these two teams got together, it was sort of a fun non-conference game between traditional powers, and you always like that kind of stuff beginning of the year. As the season wore on, you look back on it, you realize as quirky and weird as it was, it was actually a pretty pivotal game in 2022, given how good the Seminoles and the Tigers ended up being. Well, now we know what's at stake for Florida State and LSU, and I've got respect for Florida State as a good team, but the early indication I have is that I believe that LSU likely wins that game. And that means that if you're a 12-0 LSU going into the SEC championship, even if you lose to Georgia, then I think you have the chance to make the college football playoff as an at-large team because of what you did during non-conference play. And I do believe that LSU could be good enough for a 12-0 regular season, rendering the SEC championship in its final year in terms of divisional play perhaps meaningless that that LSU might be in the position to make the playoff no matter what much the same way that Georgia very likely will be there as well so I think a big season is on tap for LSU Uh, I think they've got two quarterbacks better than anything that Alabama has I think they kind of demonstrated last year how good they can be and I believe they could take the next step as a program here this year in fact we predict that they will a college football playoff berth for the LSU Tigers here in 2023 Um, a bold prediction for Auburn I believe that Auburn finishes third in the SEC West this year. And I think that's bad news if you're Texas A&M, if you're Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, if you're Sam Pittman in Arkansas. But the fact of the matter is that I do believe that Hugh Freeze is a bit of a difference-making coach. Not enough of a difference-maker yet to really get the attention of LSU and probably not even Alabama either. I think the Iron Bowl will be fun with Hugh Freeze coaching it, but I'd be surprised if Auburn beats Alabama this season. However, could he beat a few more teams in the SEC West? Could he earn a few wins to at least get him in kind of that upper half of this division this year? Yeah, I think he possibly could. And as I said before, I think that's really bad news for other coaches who are also trying to build their program simultaneous with what Auburn's doing with Freeze. But I think he can make some noise here in year one, third in the SEC West. That is our prediction for Auburn. And you better believe, we talked earlier this week about, hey, Billy Napier being on the hot seat at Florida and maybe a little bit of a disappointing setback for Josh Heupel at Tennessee. All of the weight of those expectations will become even heavier if Freeze is better than he's supposed to be in year one. Keep your eye on that. For Missouri, a bold prediction to the extent that you care, I believe that Eli Drinkwitz is the most likely SEC coach to be fired at the end of this season. And I don't say that necessarily because Drinkwitz is obviously doing a terrible job. The truth is he's not obviously doing a terrible job. Their recruiting at times has not, not been 
awful. And, you know, there are moments on the field where they certainly look pretty competent. It's not that Drinkwitz is completely overmatched by the SEC. At times, I don't know that he necessarily has been. But here's ultimately the issue that's at stake. Everything in the SEC is about to get much tougher, especially for the teams in the bottom half of the SEC, teams such as Missouri. And if Drinkwitz does not give a compelling reason this season for Missouri to want to keep him, all the more reason, even though he just signed like a two-year extension last year, which is sort of a strange contract deal anyway, but all the more reason where Missouri may feel the pressure with new money coming in because of the SEC media rights deal to make sure they are more buttoned up moving into what could be a much more challenging SEC schedule. Because if they don't figure that out prior to the expansion to what might be a nine-game slate, bringing in Texas and Oklahoma, and by the way, Missouri is almost certainly going to be playing Oklahoma each and every year if this team goes to a three-opponent permanent model there, then Missouri could really find themselves in a calamitous situation. That if Drinkwitz gives them a reason to, I believe they'll move off of him and fire him at the end of the season. I think he's the most likely SEC coach to be fired. And then a very quick, bold prediction for Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt last year was probably quietly better than you realize. They won three non-conference games. They won twice in the SEC. I don't quite think they'll be that good this year. Uh, I think they'll win fewer than two SEC games at the very least. And so Clark Lee, you know, surprisingly has kind of done okay in his early days here as Vanderbilt coach, especially last year, getting more wins than you probably realized. They benefited from a completely overmatched Hawaii opponent last last year and some things like that. We guess, I think it's fairly safe to assume, that Vanderbilt probably regresses here a little bit. So to the extent this counts as a bold prediction, I'll take Vandy being slightly worse this year than it was a year ago, and we'll make that cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Like how many people now this audience is obviously you know very well versed in everything as relates to southeastern conference so you're not fooled by this how many people think you think really even know that vandy won two sec games a year ago i'm guessing a lot i'm guessing that flew under the radar for a lot of people pretty quietly clark lee had a good season same thing about josh heupel it's just sort of hard to do this you know year over year just a hard thing to be able to do so that is something worth keeping in mind let me also say this very quick before we wrap up here today Y'all, vacation time is something that our family just loves, being together away from work. And I really appreciate your willingness to allow me to do it. You know, we don't like being gone from here. I love doing the show. I don't like not having a show to give to you because we do truly think of this as Dog Nation Daily. But the fact that you let me be away, enjoy this time, I just appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you back here live on Monday. Gator Hater Countdown, by the way. Georgia beating up on Florida 148 days from right now. Y'all have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday.